well. If you're here in the house, please uh, just stand to your neighbor and greet them and tell them welcome in Jesus' name. Welcome into the house. Uh, it's always a privilege to see all of you here. All of you looking sharp and, and ready to hear the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is sharp, it is quick, it is like a double-edged sword, doesn't leave us the same, always changes us. Every time you come into the presence of God, you go out different. You come in here uh, with things, uh, and when you hear the word of the Lord, it begins to work inside of you, and you leave different. You leave with a different gait, a different walk, a different vision, a different sight, because always Jesus changes us. One asks if you are sana. I want to start with uh, two things. Firstly, um, an announcement regarding um, things that have happened. Sad, uh, we have the Thimba family that lost, uh, Patrick Thimba lost his father um, in the course of, uh, uh, I think, about a week and a half ago. And uh, they, they had, they, 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 the burial was on Saturday. Uh, his wife also, I think, has lost a brother. So we need to pray for the Thimba family. But not only the Thimba family, we also have the Mate family among us who have lost uh, the mother of Mrs. Mate. Um, let's pray for these two families as they go through this really difficult season. Shall we pray? Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for you know all things. You are in charge of all things. Even now in this season of uh, trial, of darkness, of heartache, of losing of dear ones, Lord, we pray for the Thimbas and the Martis, that you may indeed just surround them and give them strength and comfort. Lord, that they may go through this season uh, unscathed, and they may find joy in your presence, they may find uh, comfort in you, and know that, Lord, you have not abandoned them, that you are with them. We pray that everything shall work according to your will and according to your plan, even for the each, and every, each and every family. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Last week, uh, I, I, we talked about uh, deliberately taking action. We said that our theology requires to be seen in the places that we live, in the things that we do, in how we operate. And today we are taking a step further. Some of you may have received some um, forms. They are called the Kiwana forms. If you live in Kileleshwa, you work in Kileleshwa, you worship the Lord here in Kileleshwa, we want to make a difference. Now, a lot of times it says, oh, we need to wait for something else and somebody else to do it uh, out there. Now we want to take matters in our own hands. And we want to be the leading lights here. Wouldn't it be better to start home, at home, and make a difference, a difference that will spill through every part of Kenya? So please, if you find those forms and you're interested in participating, please fill in those forms and return them. There's going to be somebody at the, at the desk, somebody called Grace and, uh, and, and one other, Sam. Uh, if you meet them there, you can deliberate with them. And I know that uh, all will be well. Now this is our last in the series of Time and Chance. Time and Chance. And uh, we know that it is, uh, it is it's a good thing to know what time you're in. It's a good thing to know what season you're in. You need to understand uh, where you are in order for you to be able to move into the place that you desire to be. If you didn't know where you are, you would never possibly never find where you want to go. But if you know where you are, then you may be able to find where it is that you're going. I'll say that uh, there is no successful person 
who goes into a new season without a hope and without a plan. 2020 is coming. And I know that many of us are hopeful about 2020. Many of us are, are waiting for 2020 to come in that we may see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Although all, all the stories going around now are, are, are not very pretty when you hear of things about the economy of Kenya, things about uh, many other things around us, and we're wondering, wow, what will 2020 be like? However, we need to be of people of faith. One man called Andre Gide, he says this, Man cannot discover new oceans unless he has the courage to lose sight of the shore. We can never discover new things until and unless we let go, we move into the deep and forget the shore. Too many times we are hovering and waiting at the shore, waiting for somebody else to come and discover for us, to come and call us uh, hitherto to new places. But yet God is saying, come, move in, launch into the deep. Why? Because you will never discover until you are courageous enough to lose sight of the shore. As 2020 approaches, we need to have drawn a proverbial line in the sand and say that what happened in the past has happened. What failures happened in 2019 have happened and have gone. But yet, I am still pressing on to 2020. I am pressing on to see the thing that the Lord has for us. There are decisions that we must take. And we must take them ahead of 2020. We don't wait until January is when we, we say now we are making resolutions. We make them ahead of January, which is why this summer series is so vital to us, that we understand that there is an opportunity and that there is a time to do something here and now. Whatever decisions that we take really will let us know that 2020 portends great things. Or 2020 portends great things. I said again, 2020 encloses and has great things for us. I don't know, you know, some of us are just waking up now. Maybe we, we took a late breakfast. Uh, please just touch your neighbor and ask him, are you awake? Uh, are you awake? This is what Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15 says in the a New American Standard Version. It says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Verse 16 says, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. The NIV says in verse 16 like this, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So time and opportunity, they seem to be related. They seem to be one and the same thing. I wanted to say that every time there is an opportunity available. In every season, there is an opportunity available. Right now, at this time, there is an opportunity available for you to make greater things uh, and an impact greater for the glory of God than what you have done before. There is always an opportunity available for you. In every season, every hour, right now, there is an opportunity available. There is an opportunity available for somebody to shout hallelujah. There is, an, there is always an opportunity available for somebody to do something. You know, you may be sitting there thinking, ah, I don't have an opportunity. You have it. You have an opportunity to tell your neighbor, there is something in the house. Some of you took it. Others were just looking around. Which is the same thing that may happen in the year 2020. If we don't take it seriously, we may just be looking around and seeing others moving ahead. 
there is a particular uh, person in scripture, a character in scripture, who has not been given so much coverage as I believe his life and his, 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 uh, the things that he did requires. He is a bit of a nondescript character. Whenever we read him in the Bible, we, we, we pass him by. There are greater men in the Bible, perhaps. You think uh, uh, greater kings, greater, you know, people who, who, who have done great things. But this one is a bit of a, he's, he's not so colorful to such an extent that sometimes I enjoy making jokes and telling people, can you turn to the book of Hezekiah? Hezekiah chapter number 3 and verse number 5. And uh, periodically we find that there are people who are very quickly running into the book of Hezekiah. But they can't find Hezekiah because Hezekiah, we know that Hezekiah doesn't actually have a, a right, there's no book called Hezekiah. But you know, that name is very, I know Hezekiah. No, I must check. Let me go to my, anyone who has ever checked about Hezekiah? Did somebody look at Hezekiah chapter 3 right now? There's no book called Hezekiah. But this man called Hezekiah is a bit of a nondescript fellow. But I want to tell you that his life was amazing. And I want us to read uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse number 18 and verse number 5. Chapter 18, verse number 5. Hezekiah actually is said to be the greatest king of Judah. He is the greatest king of Judah. Here it is in, 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 in 18.5. It says, He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that after him, there was none like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him huh, or even after. I, um, it means that all the kings who were in Judah, there was none that was greater than him. None preceded him. All those who preceded him were not greater. Those who came after him were not greater. He is the greatest. Those Bible scholars will know that uh, Israel was divided into two. There was Israel, uh, which had the ten tribes. They were in the northern part, the ten tribes. And then there were the two, two tribes, which were in the southern part. This is Judah and Benjamin. And that was the one that was called Judah. And this is what Hezekiah was king over. There were 19 kings in total, 19 kings, who ruled and reigned over Judah. And Hezekiah was the greatest. The scripture tells me, my Bible tells me, there was none like him among all the kings of Judah, not among those who were before him or even those who were after him. There was none that was like him. He was great. And if, 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 if that is, is so, then we need to identify, why was this man so great? What makes him so great? We're going to be looking at, at, at these things as we go into scripture. But I tell you that... Uh, as he was this great man, he had a very, very poor example of a father. It is possible to come from a place of utter, terrible upbringing and come into a lifestyle and a life of great impact. It is possible to come out of a home which is said to be cursed it is possible to come out of such and to have an impact and a glory and have a life that glorifies God. It is possible. There are many times that people have preached about, oh, it follows you, it follows you. But I, from what I see in the scripture, it is possible to come out 
of a thing such as this. And when I talk about, he had a very poor example of a father. His father was called Ahaz. Now, listen, Hezekiah was one of the greatest kings of Judah. Ahaz was possibly the most wicked king of Judah that there ever was. That was his father. Look at 2 Kings chapter number 16, verse 1 to 4. 2 Kings chapter 16 and verse 1 to 4. It says this, In the seventeenth year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, became king. Ahaz, who was Hezekiah's father, was twenty years old when he became king, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did not do. That is damnation itself. That one statement seals it for anybody. He did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord his God, as his father David had done. But he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, and even made his sons pass through the fire, according to the abominations of the nations, whom the Lord had driven out from before the sons of Israel. He sacrificed and burnt incense on the high places and on the hills and under every green tree. I mean, this man was sinning, and he was sinning under every green tree. Has anybody ever counted how many green trees are there in Nairobi? If you can be said to have sinned under every green tree in Nairobi, my friend, your sin must be crazy. This is Ahaz, the father of, of, of Hezekiah. Under every green tree, the Bible says, he, gave, he was giving offerings and uh, he burnt incense to devils and to demonic forces. That was what he was. But beyond that, the worst thing is this. He made his sons pass through the fire. This one is in reference to the worship of a god called Molech. Molech was actually a demon. It's a demon spirit. And the nations around Israel would worship this that was called Molech. And how they would worship is that they would give their sons or their children to be sacrificed to Molech. Let me describe to you what they would do. Molech was uh, an idol formed uh, in kind of a human shape with hands. And it was molded in this kind of manner with hands outstretched. And what they would do is that they would heat up this image or idol of Molech until it was red hot. When it was red hot, they would take the infant that was being sacrificed and they would put the infant on the hands of Molech. And the infant would be roasted by the heat of Molech. And then people would be jumping and shouting and saying that indeed sacrifice has gone up unto this that is called Molech. Our Lord and our God did not like it. In fact, he hated it. He gave reason. In, if you go to Leviticus chapter number 20, you will see God speaking about it. He spoke about it in Leviticus 20 verse 1 and 3. He says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, You shall also say to the sons of Israel, Any man from the sons of Israel, or from the aliens sojourning in Israel, who gives any of his offspring to Molech, shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I will also set my face against that man, and I will cut him off from among his people, because he has given some of his offspring to Molech, so as to defile my sanctuary. 
and to profane my holy name. This is God speaking to Moses and says, I don't want you or anyone in Israel to give your children, any of your children to Molech. And if you do so, you'll be cut off. But yet Ahaz, Hezekiah's father, did write that. And he was sinning under every green tree. He was doing crazy things. Yet Hezekiah was watching him as he was growing up. What a terrible example of a father. What a terrible example. But yet, this helps me to know that there is a possibility that even though you grew up in some dingy, dark place, that you were treated or mistreated rather, you saw funny things happen in your house, your parents did crazy and wicked things, that you can break home. You can break out. You can break out. And you can be somebody in the light of God. This is what happened to Hezekiah. Look at Hezekiah. We're going to read 2 Kings chapter number 18. At 25 years old, he became king. 2 Kings 18 verse 1 to 6. It says, Now it came about in the third year of Hosea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem and his mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. I wonder that they name, they call and they mention the name of his mother Abi there. Perhaps she was the influence. Perhaps she was the one who was able to speak sense into his ear from what he saw from his father. Praise the Lord for ladies and for mothers. He did right, verse 3, he did right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah. He also broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the sons of Israel burnt incense to it, and it was called Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God, the God of Israel, so that after him there was none like him among the kings of Judah, nor among those who were before him. For he clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord had commanded Moses. This breaks it for me. When you talk about what we can learn from the life of Hezekiah, I want us, we're doing a, a bit of a character study today of this man called Hezekiah, that we may see what made his life tick. One of the things was this, in verse number 5 there, he trusted in the Lord. He trusted in the Lord. And by, by the way, our message can end there. He trusted in the Lord. If you trust in God, your life is fine. In fact, the scripture says this, that he who trusts in the Lord will be like a tree planted beside streams of water whose leaves are green in and out of season. They will not see even the heat coming in the season of heat, he who trusts in the Lord. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord. His, his, his trust was in the Lord. You and I, if we can trust in the Lord, if we can give him everything and, 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 and give him our trust, he, he has, because he has earned it. Today we sang, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I proved him over and over. We, we have proved him. When we, when we look at the scriptures, we can see the scriptures have spoken about him. Year after year, 
he has proven himself as God. And therefore, if we can trust him, our lives are set. Hezekiah trusted in Jesus. Well, trusted in God. He trusted in God. And we can see that trust. It is demonstrated in the way that he prayed. And I tell you that there are things that he prayed about. Whoa. There are things that he prayed about that you and I need to look at. There are some things that I've seen. He had several high power prayers. High power. High power prayers. You know, in my own life, I have desired that I would pray and that I would see the results of my prayers. Anybody like me? Hezekiah was one such that he would pray and you would see the effects of his prayer. And ours, my desire is that we may find out how it is. He had several prayers answered. And we want to look at a, a couple of the, of, of, of the prayers that he prayed. And how, then we will find out how it, it, it may be. How it could be that his prayers were answered. The first one happened in the book of Second Kings, chapter number 19. And we find that he is king now. He has been king for a number of years. And the Assyrians are now attacking the children of Israel. The Assyrians led by one man called Sennacherib. Sennacherib had been, he had an, a mighty army, a huge army. And he was defeating people left, right and center. And all of a sudden he had come and he was taking over the Middle East. And he was running roughshod. In the northern kingdom he had defeated all of Israel. And every city. He carried people and took them to Assyria as slaves. And he was now taking in the northern uh, cities, uh, or rather the southern uh, part of, of, of Israel, he was taking, he had taken over all the cities of Benjamin and of Judah. The only city remaining was Jerusalem. And that is where Hezekiah was. And as, as he was there, this man began to breathe uh, threats. He began to breathe threats and telling them, hey, we are going to finish you. We are going to finish you. And as they were there, Hezekiah thought, had a plan. He said, hey, why wouldn't I make a deal with this man? If you look at uh, 2 Kings chapter number 18 and verse number 14, you find Hezekiah being clever and he wants to make a deal. So Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent his message to the king of Assyria. He says, I have done wrong. He has done wrong? Really? Have you ever been cornered by somebody more powerful than you? That you actually confess sins that are not yours? Anybody has, has ever confessed sins that are not yours? I have done so severally. Ah, no, I was wrong. I was wrong. Uh, and, and, and especially those ones, when you go to secondary school and you are, uh, you are a, a mono. How many remember being monified? Was it monified? What, 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 what is the term? You know, you are the problem. You know, you are, you are told every manner of thing. Because they overpower you, you know, you, you will say whatever you want to say. And this is what Hezekiah said. I, I have done wrong. Please withdraw from me. And then he says, <laughs> I will pay whatever you demand of me. I will pay it. And the king of Assyria exacted from Hezekiah 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. That's what he did. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the temple of the Lord and in the treasuries of the royal palace. Do you know that that was not right? 
do you pay somebody with something that is not yours? You never do. You pay somebody with, I mean, he say, I will give you whatever you want. And then he goes and takes from the, from, from, from the treasury, he takes from the house of God to go and pay this man. And I think there, therein was a problem. For some of us, have you ever paid your debts with your tithe? Okay, I, I didn't expect somebody would say yes. But uh, I know, I know. Silently there you're saying, mm, mm, Jesus, thank you for, you know. May the Lord bless us. But indeed, we are paid things, debts out there with things that money that is not ours. This is what Hezekiah did. And you end up finding that the Assyrian king did not move. Even after exacting those, those amounts of that, that amount of wealth, he didn't move. That bribe did not work. And so Hezekiah was left there saying, Hey, okay. I tried, but I have failed. The king Sennacherib wrote a letter in threats. He wrote a letter telling uh, Hezekiah the things that he was going to do. He told him, by the way, you think that you are, you are, you are anything in this world. I have defeated everyone. And if you look at Second uh, Kings chapter number 19, towards the end, verse number 12, uh, uh, actually verse number, from verse number 11, you, you will see, it says, Surely you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries, destroying them completely. And you will be delivered. Eh? Did the gods of the nations that were destroyed by my forefathers, uh, did, did they deliver them the gods of Gozan, the gods of Haran, the gods of, uh, of all these things, and the people of Eden? You know, he gives them. He says, where is the king of Hamath? the king of Arpad, the king of the city, he, he begins recounting these people who the Assyrians have defeated. You know, you know when somebody's a bully, they will tell you, you know, by the way, do you know whatever happened to Nane? It's me who killed him. Do you know what happened to so-and-so over there, your neighbor on that side? He's broke because I took everything from him. Do you know what happened? I, it is me. It is because of me. Now you, who are you? Have you ever felt tension? This is what Hezekiah felt. And the Bible tells me, Hezekiah received the letter in verse number 14. He received the letter from the messengers. He read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. He prayed to the Lord. And in verse 19 he says, Now, O Lord our God, deliver us from his hand so that all kingdoms of, of earth may know that you alone are God. Hey. Immediately, Hezekiah, or the, Isaiah, the son of Amos, in verse number 20, sent a message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I have heard your prayer concerning Sennacherib. Other versions say, because you have prayed, I will deliver you. Because you have prayed, I will deliver you. This is God speaking now. Because this fellow called Hezekiah had learned something. To trust in God now. He had tried his own ways. He had tried to bribe. 
And this man had not gone anywhere. He had tried to use his wisdom. It couldn't work. But now he said, no, no, let me trust in God. And as he prayed instantly, God responded and God answered him. He says, because you have prayed, because you have prayed, high power prayer, because you have prayed, I will now do this thing. And my Bible tells me that God did some tremendous things. Tremendous things. In fact, if you look at, uh, at 2 Kings chapter number 19, uh, chapter 19, and from verse uh, 29, this is what God says. This will be the sign for you, O Hezekiah. This is God speaking. This year, you will eat what grows by itself. And in the second year, what springs from that. In the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Once more, a remnant from the house of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant, and out of Mount Zion a band of survivors. He's, God is saying this, even as the people are surrounded. And he says this, this is the crowning jewel. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. It means that God, you know the zeal. The zeal is, is, is energy. The zeal is, is vitality. The zeal is, is passion. The zeal is, is, is the zeal of God. If the zeal of God is working for you, you can be sleeping every day and not be in worry. The zeal of the Lord shall accomplish this. He's the, and God is telling him, this is going to happen even as he is surrounded. Even as the mighty army of, of the Assyrians is around and about him. And listen to what happens. That night, in verse number, uh, we'll move quickly to verse number uh, 35. It says, that night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, they were all dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew and returned to Nineveh and stayed there. There is something that Hezekiah had, had learned there that he could trust in God. It wasn't in their own power. And we talked about this even in an earlier sermon. That is not, the battle is not to the strong. But it is instead to those who trust in the Lord. If you trust in him, the battle is, is yours. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord and he prayed. The second prayer that he made was when he was at the point of death. And God through the prophet Isaiah tells him, and God normally speaks to us, and tells him, put your house in order. Why? Because death is coming. I have heard, I have talked to many a people, and periodically I, I get to hear people's testimonies of how, uh, oh, my grandfather had a, he had a, he had a, he had a, he kind of knew that he was going. He had a, a premonition that he was about to go. And therefore he called everyone together and he blessed us. And as he blessed us, then, he, then shortly after we left, he died. It's like, did he know? Did he know? God has a way of speaking to his people. And so God sends Isaiah the prophet, go and tell Hezekiah, his time is up. We know that we all have a set number of years. So he went and told him, your set number of years is finished. You have done it. Now prepare. Put your house in order because you're coming home to me quickly. And the Bible tells me in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1 to 6, 
that in those days Hezekiah became ill, was at the point of death. Isaiah went to see him. Verse two, uh, uh, verse one. Still, this is what the Lord says: Put your house in order, because you are going to die. <laughs> and verse two says Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. He was sick. He turned his face to the wall. And he prayed. And do you know what he prayed? Remember, O oh Lord, how I have walked with you. He reminded God of what God had done, of what he, of what, of how, how he had lived for God. My Bible tells me instantly, Isaiah had just left. In fact, the Bible says he had not even gone past the midway of the court of the house. God already dispatches a message and tells him, go back. It says before Isaiah had gone out of the middle of the court, he said, return and say to Hezekiah. What do you say to Hezekiah? Thus says the Lord, the God of your father David, I heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you will go to the house of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life. Do you know that any man, whatever exercise we do, we cannot add any day to our lives. Not even an hour. There are many people who are waking up in the morning and doing running and jogging. And my friend, it is not wrong. It is wonderful and fantastic. But it will not add a day or an hour to your life. It won't. You may enjoy quality of life. That is good. That's good enough, isn't it? Quality. At least, at least you will die standing and not, 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 not kneeling. <laughs> but this is it. This is what the Lord says. You can't add it. There's only one who can add, and it's, it's Jesus. Hezekiah had years added, 15 years to his life. Death was imminent, but because he prayed, he says, because you have prayed, I will add 15 years to your life. I will add 15 years to your life. Let me tell you that death can be postponed. Should I, should I declare something here now? That in 2020, nobody who is hearing me will die. None of you here will die. Why? Because God can add. Even though maybe it was registered in heaven. Somebody here, June 25th, 2020, there we are calling them home. Do you know that you can call to God because of how you have lived for him? Because God is not a respecter of persons. If he did it for Hezekiah, he can do it for you. Hello? No, sometimes people imagine that death is so inevitable. It is inevitable, but it can be postponed. Hello? Hezekiah postponed his death. God answered him, gave him 15 more years. This Hezekiah, it's an, it's an interesting character. He prayed again. There's another time that he prayed. Uh, this story is found in Second Chronicles. The children of Israel, Manasseh, uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 18 and 19, uh, there were people who were, who were going to partake of, 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 of the Passover. And as they went to partake of the Passover, they had not cleansed themselves. They did not cleanse themselves. Can you put up Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 18 and 19? You will find that uh, as soon as they, they, they began to do these things, something happened. For a multitude of people, even from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, Zebulon, they had not purified themselves, yet they ate the Passover in a way that was not prescribed. And Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, may the good Lord pardon uh, everyone who prepares his heart 
to seek God. The Lord God of his fathers, through or though not according to the purification rules of the sanctuary. These people had not done the rules. They had not followed purification standards. That is in the Old Testament. So the Lord heard Hezekiah and he healed them. You see, these people were in the Old, old Covenant. And in the Old Covenant, if you had not been purified and you began to partake, death was imminent. In fact, it was going to happen instantly. These people had not even known. You see, the Bible says, and the Lord healed them. He healed the people. They had not known that death had, had already taken grip. But God healed them. You know, there are some times that God heals you of diseases that you don't even know. One has a few. The doctor has not even told you that you have this or that. But God has, has healed you. Why? Because you prayed or somebody has prayed for you. Hezekiah prayed for them and they were healed. They were not yet sick. But they were dying because of what they had done. Now, let me clarify. Some of us may imagine that I am talking about the Lord's table. No, this is not the Lord's table. This is the Passover in the Old Covenant. In this New Covenant, you cannot die if you, if you partake of the Lord's table without being purified, so to speak. You will not die. I, 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 do, 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 some of you are looking at me strangely. We are in the New Covenant brothers and sisters. We're in the new covenant. Yeah? Yes. So sometimes these words are interchangeable and people begin to think, oh man, now when the bread and the wine or, 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 or the drink pass, 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 you know we can prepare the Lord, the table of the Lord here and only five people take it and we say, oh Jesus, what happened? What happened to the church? It is not that way. That is the, in the old covenant. You see, Hezekiah prayed and these things happened in his life. I wonder, in my own thinking, I was thinking, what made him such a great king? What made his prayers be heard in heaven? What, how can we emulate him? How can we become a people like Hezekiah, that we may pray and our prayers be heard? That we may, we may be like Hezekiah, that we may be able to break out from the things of the past, from the poor parenting that we had, from the curses that have come from the past, that we can break out and have a successful life. This is what I discovered in Second Chronicles chapter 29 and verse number 2. I will just mention a couple of three things and then we close. Number one is this. Hezekiah dealt or did right in the sight of the Lord. He did right. Hezekiah did right in the sight of the Lord. How did he do right? Three things. He dealt with sin speedily. If you find sin in your life, deal with it. In verse number three, the Bible says he, 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 he instantly, verse number three, instantly, he began to do something. In the same year, in the same year that he was appointed, he opened the doors of the, of the temple. See, in the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and he repaired them. So that he can do what? So that he can consecrate the priests and the Levites. And this is what he did. He dealt with past sin immediately. In verse number 17 it says, he purified the temple. And the temple had not been used for many years. He purified the temple. And it says that they, they began the consecration on the first day of the month. And then on the eighth day of the month, they entered the porch. 
So it means that for eight days they were working on the outside. By the eighth day they were the porch. And then they consecrated the house of the Lord in the next eight days. And they finished on the 16th day. So it took 16 days to clean out the rubbish, the clutter that was in the house of the Lord. I wonder for you and for me, how much clearing and forwarding we need in our lives before 2020. Are there things that we need to get rid of? Are there things that we need to deal with speedily? Hezekiah dealt with things speedily. As soon as he was given leadership, he dealt with stuff. You and I ought to be able to deal with things immediately, with immediate effect, especially sin. Because our God cannot be approached with sin. He, in fact, is a consuming fire. Secondly, he, re he reinstituted worship in the, in the manner that God wanted. And God cannot be worshipped in any other way apart from the way that he says. If you look at chapter 29, verse 25 onwards, uh, it says he stationed Levites in the temple of the Lord with cymbals, with harps, with lyres. And the people began to sing. Verse number 30 says they sang praises with gladness. They bowed their heads and they worshipped. I want to tell you that there is something about worship that touches the heart of God. Psalm 23, 22 and verse number 3 says, The Lord is enthroned on the praise of his people. As we praise him, as we worship him, he is enthroned on the praise of his people. And there is an acceptable worship because you have to, you have to worship the Lord in the way that he wants. Acceptable to him. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1 tells us, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, acceptable to God. And this, it says that this is our spiritual act of worship. This is our spiritual act of worship. That one that is acceptable to God. We want to be like Hezekiah. We need to worship him acceptably with our bodies. With our bodies. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. In 2020, when you want to see God doing things, you have to ensure that this body remains for the Lord. Because it is owned by him. It is owned by him. He paid the price for that body. And he desires that you honor him with your body. Honor him with your body. Present your body a living sacrifice. And this is what, uh, these are the truths. Number one, Hezekiah dealt with sin quickly. He didn't let it pass. He dealt with it immediately. When you find yourself on the wrong side, repent. Come back. Actually, confess. Repent. Come back. Confess. Repent. Come back. To confess is to say it with your mouth. To repent is to turn and face the other direction and move in that direction towards the right way. Do that. Number two, worship the Lord in the manner that he wants. He wants you to worship with your body, not just with your mouth. In fact, God is against people who are flatterers. People who come into, the, into his house, who do whatever it is that you worship. You go and you say, oh, our God is so good. But yet, do you believe it? Oh, we worship you. I love you, Lord, and I live my... Do you love him? Perhaps it is just flattery. God says, no. In 2020, let us be a people who worship him in a manner that he wants. Number three, and the last thing that I will talk about today, is they gave to the Lord willingly and generously. They gave to the Lord willingly and generously. Second uh, Chronicles, uh, chapter 31. Hezekiah actually caused people to give. But he just did not ask people to give. He gave from the onset. He was an example. In verse number, uh, chapter, chapter, chapter 31, verse number 3, 
he also appointed the king's portion of his goods. The king's portion of his goods. The king's portion of his goods. That is his own he gave first for burnt offerings, for morning and evening offerings. Uh, and then verse number four, he commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem to give the portion due to the priests and the Levites, that they may devote themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the order spread, the sons of Israel provided in abundance the first fruits of grain, new wine, oil, honey, and all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of all. The sons of Israel and of Judah lived in the cities of Judah, also brought in the tithe of oxen and of sheep, and the tithe of sacred gifts that were consecrated to the Lord their God, and placed them in heaps. In the third month, they began to make the heaps and finished them by the seventh month. They were making heaps, <laughs> heaps for four months. And when Hezekiah and the rulers came and they saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. You know, this is one of the areas that for us as church people, we are very sensitive. The area of giving. You and I are very sensitive because you're always thinking, hey, yeah, these people, there's a pyramid scheme here. There's only a few people who will benefit, the rest not. But this is what God says, that he desires that you would give, that the kingdom of God may be expanded. And this is what Hezekiah did. Hezekiah did it. He started and he gave. He gave. Let me tell you that I have not failed. Let me, I, I think I need to confess. I have not failed to give my tithe in, in this church. Never. I had given a pledge, uh, myself and my family, for Arise and Build. We gave it and we finished it. We finished it. Whatever it was that we pledged, we finished. Because we must be examples. I cannot tell you to do something and then not do it myself. Because this is the inherent. This is one of the ways that we find favor with our God. And brethren, many times there are people who are looking at others and saying, hmm, when you begin talking about money, hey, this church is changing now. These people are changing now. They're becoming greedy. No. This is demanded of the Lord that we need to support the things that are happening here. And by the way, I always feel like I need to say some of these things. Because the need is there. You see, these people were not giving necessarily out of need. They were giving because they appreciated what God had done. And they gave so much that the piles were high, stacked high. They gave so much. My friends, we are able to do much, much, much more. The things that are happening here and around the world because of the ministry or, uh, or, or the monies, the resources that are coming here, are great. But there is greater yet. For 2020, there is greater yet. I want to give you just a, a little highlight of some, some of the needs that are here. I'll just give you a, a big one. Number one, you see the ceiling over here? The roof? The roof is made of asbestos. And it has been breaking. In fact, in the rainy seasons like now we're in, sometimes when you are not here, we are mopping a lot of the floors. You know that asbestos was actually stopped from being used as roofing. Because it is normally said to be a carcinogen. But we have it here. And we need to change it. Because number one, now the repair work is becoming fairly expensive. We need to change it. What does it cost to change that roof? It's nearing two and a half million shillings. Two and a half million shillings. I, when I'm saying these things, I don't know if someone... You, you, you'll be hearing a need. You know, sometimes you may think, oh, 
if we gave so much, they don't have anything to do with it. We have so many things to do and not add to our salaries. We have so many things to do. We need to do the parking. We need to do the fencing. Already next week you're going to go and see some fencing that is being done around. There is so much need here in this house. We're going to be planting some new churches. We're going to be doing some things in 2020. I don't want to go ahead too much. But I tell you that there are things that the Lord is doing. And it needs the resources of you who are sitting here. And I know that the Lord has gifted us. Has gifted us well. That we are well able to do it. Listen to what happened with Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a man who understood these things. He knew three things to do. Deal with sin immediately. Worship the Lord in an expected manner. And give liberally. Give liberally to the things of God. This is what resulted in God saying that my zeal, the zeal of the Lord Almighty, will accomplish the things that were requested by Hezekiah. The zeal of the Lord would accomplish the things that were requested by Hezekiah. I don't see Hezekiah praying and fasting. I don't see him uh, struggling very much. Why? Because he was doing these things. He was dealing with sin. He was worshipping God in the, in, the, in the expected, prescribed manner. And number three, he was giving liberty. If you and I would follow the example of Hezekiah, our year 2020 is going to be tremendous. Our year is going to be tremendous. God is going to be answering us even before the words have come out of our mouth. Why? Because he is able to be, you can go back and talk, and talk to him, just like Hezekiah. God, my father, remember how I have saved Remember how I have worked Remember, it doesn't mean that you have not done wrong. He's like, I have done wrong. You have tried to pray. But even as he reminded God, God said, The zeal of the Lord of Jesus. Father, I thank you.